The Rebrand Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Welcome to the Rebrand Podcast, and I Hear Everything production. This podcast tells the stories of world-changing marketing campaigns as told by the people who build them. In each episode, you'll hear an earful of brilliance from a marketer who has brought an iconic brand to life. Ready to hear the secrets and untold stories behind the brand you love? Then sit back, relax, and get ready for the Rebrand Here's the host of the Rebrand Podcast, the CEO of OH Partners, Scott Harkey. Welcome to the Rebrand Podcast, where we tell the untold stories of world-changing brand campaigns as told by the marketers who built them. I'm your host and founder of OH Partners, Scott Harkey, and today we're going to talk about best coconut water, Zico coconut water. I've got the man behind the brand joining us is Jim Tonkin, who's the founder and president of Healthy Brand Builders, which is an outsourced C-level, high-rev, full-knowledge, been-there-done-that officer corpse, carrying all the power tools and the smarts necessary to achieve and conquer and build. Yeah, Jim always jokes me. He says he's retired, but he's in like 20 businesses and helping everybody. So he keeps saying he's retired, but I haven't seen it yet. And today, Jim and I are going to discuss bringing Zico Coconut Water Mainstream. All right, here's my conversation with longtime friend Jim Tonkin, the founder and, as he says, retired Healthy Brand Builders. Welcome, Jim. What's up, brother? Thanks, Scotty. I'm so excited to be here with you, my friend. Oh, we've been talking about this for a long time, and I'm glad we finally were able to now, I guess, uh, we can audio it, so it makes it a lot easier, but I know you've been traveling and you're on the golf course a lot. We should have just done this from the golf course, but I only have 18 minutes on these podcasts, so I want to jump into it. For those people who don't know, I've known Jim for uh, well over a decade. We've been in a bunch of beverage brands together. We've launched some that have been successful, others we've we've been involved in that haven't been. Jim's a great golfer, but his former thing, when I met him golfing, he talked about actually bringing uh, Arnold Palmer's tea to market, which is a freaking fascinating story. So just to give you some background, he's been in, involved in dozens and do- hundreds probably of, of healthy products, beverage products, CPG products. He's like the grand marshal at, uh, when you go down to uh, Natural Expo West. I don't know if you've ever been, but he, he's got uh, quite the crew down there. But what we want to talk about, because this is a show about all about bringing brands to market, we want to talk about Zico coconut water. A lot of coconut waters, a lot of competition. How'd you do it, Jim? How'd you guys bring this mainstream? Well, it's a very circuitous story, Scott, and I'm going to try to keep it brief for your listeners who, if they have an interest in finding out more, they can contact me uh, afterwards. But the story was fairly simple. Mark Rampola and his wife, Maura, who were actually the founders of the brand, found me at Expo West, uh, the, the same show you were referring to a minute ago. And I just ended up starting a conversation with them as I was doing my pre-dawn round trying to get in front of a lot of other people to see what was hot at the show. And after about a 45-minute conversation, I left my business card and I told them they don't know me or who I am, but someday I'll get a call from them. And about a year later into their launch, this was 2003, I got a phone call from Mark 
And he started picking my brain and he called a couple of times a week for probably two months. And I just kept giving him free advice. <laughs> and so I had had coconut water many times out of a real coconut as, as I traveled around the globe. So I, I was one of those that really liked coconut water and thought it was a unique taste. Well, long story, Mark said that he was looking to raise some capital and he wanted to put together a board and he wanted me to be the first board member. So I became the founding board member of Zico Coconut Water. And from 2004 until 2009, we beat the streets mostly in uh, the five boroughs of New York, a little bit in, in New Jersey where Mark lived at the time. And then we moved up into Boston, et cetera, and basically became a a brand that was displacing some of those like vitamin water that really didn't have a value proposition because coconut water has about 670 milligrams of potassium in every 11 ounce uh, Tetra pack. And that's an amazing replenishment electrolyte for people that are working out. And so we, we began to own the hot yoga studios back in 2004 to 2007. And the brand kind of grew from there. Uh, one of the things that was interesting for us to try to overcome from a marketing perspective as we were growing the company is how do you take a product like coconut water that is so divisive in taste? I would say 50% of the population in the U.S. couldn't stand coconut water. They thought it tasted like dirty socks. I, we used to laugh at some of the things people would send us on our social media and website emails. Uh, but anyway, we kept on moving and we eventually came out to the West Coast. And then in 2009, Mark and I went around the world talking to private equity and large CPG companies. They'll remain nameless at this point. We got a half a dozen uh, letters of intent, but uh, the last call we made was to the Coca-Cola company. And the reason that we went there is, is frankly because of their distribution system. And I told Mark as a beverage expert, which I am, that the key to our success was going to be distribution. And as a brand builder yourself, you know how important that is. So at the end of the day, we ended up getting $8 million from Coke and $7 million from an assortment of other small investors. And we were off and running and we were continuing to build the company until finally in 2013, we ended up exercising a put that Coca-Cola had on the company and we, uh, we sold it to Coke. And they took it in-house and from 2013 to 2020, they tried to build the coconut water brand. And interestingly enough, your readers and our listeners, the brand was, was actually doing very well. It was continuing to grow month over month and year over year, et cetera. So the good news was, I think Coke was happy, but you also have to realize that brands that are doing sub 250 million in sales, these big companies like Coke and Pepsi and Dr. Pepper Snapple, they can't really focus on these kinds of brands. So we kind of knew that that was happening, but we'd already been paid out and I was keeping touch, keeping in touch with a lot of my friends at Coke and I could see the handwriting on the wall. The long story short and your listeners probably know this too. In 2020, Coke made a huge divestiture of over 250 of their 685 international brands. And uh, Coconut Water or Zico, the Zico brand was one of them that they were going to divest. And so long story, we got wind of it. And Mark Rampola, after we quit, um, started a private equity company called Power Plant Ventures. And uh, behind Power Plant, we bought the brand back for just a pittance. So we're building... Zico Coconut Water again under the Zico Rising brand name. And we have a, a new portfolio centerpiece and a product called Zico Hydrate, which is kind of a, uh, it's the next 
iteration, if you will, of body armor. And it has three times the amount of coconut water in it that Body Armor does. So we're really excited about the rebrand and the new launch, and it's going to become national very shortly. So that's the short story. I love it. So, Jim, for entrepreneurs out there, in 2005, what kind of sales were you doing? And then it sounds like a lot of grassroots marketing efforts. You know, in the beverage business, we always like to use the term cans and hands. I love the yoga studio partnership. That was really smart. So 2005, what kind of sales were you doing? And then in 2009, where did you, where did they get? And then ultimately, where, where was Zico Coconut Water in terms of sales? Yeah, it's a great question. And as we've, uh, in Healthy Brand Builders, we've helped commercialize over 2,000 brands in 38 years of strategic consulting. And I would tell you that for the most part, in order to gain a proof of concept stage, you have to get to three to five million in sales. And probably five million in today's market is, is the low end of the spectrum. We were just bouncing along at the, the, the low parts of the, of the waves crashing on the ocean at around $3 million. So from 2003 to 2009, I think we were somewhere shy of $5 million still. But we were not a national brand. We were building organically, not doing much on the marketing side. Everything we did marketing was around what you just said, cans and hands, which basically was event marketing, going to surf parties and anywhere uh, yoga studios and exercise studios were found. We were finding our product in Orange Theory and and Lifetime Fitness and um, some bell cow places like the East Bank Club in, in Chicago and places like that. So it was really fun. A lot of hand-holding and a lot of small marketing programs, nothing like you're used to uh, implementing in the multi-million dollar stage with a lot of your clients. So that's when you went to Coke for distribution when you were in that like $5 million range to get more distribution you raised. I, I think I heard what, like $14 million? Yeah. Like- yeah, $15 million yeah. And it wasn't uh, right away. It wasn't in 2009 that they said you were going to get distribution. What they were doing is hedging their bet that we would be able to get continue to build the brand. And then at some point, Coke would step in and buy the company. That was their desire. Was and the, that's what we ended like up doing. Sorry to cut you off. Like a, it was like an incubator play for Coke. Yes, exactly. We were one of the first ones that Coke made an investment like this in. They did it with Honest Tea that you're probably very familiar with, Seth, Seth Goldman's company. Yep. And Seth was an investor with us in our company as well. And I worked with Seth from the first day he started Honest Tea. And so you know the story of that honesty as well. Coca-Cola divested themselves of honesty just recently. And now Seth is starting a new company called Just Ice Tea. (laughs) And he's going to do it all over again. What was Zico doing once they had Coke's distribution and support and investment? I can't, I, I'm not, I'm not allowed to, <laughs> uh, you know, you sign these stupid things. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can't yeah. talk about the exit. But, but it, 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 went, it went, it went nationwide when it went with Coke. Oh, yes. Yeah. It was, it went nationwide. Even for a period of time, Scotty, we got on Coke's internal top 10 list, which means every week, Across the country, Coke prints out a top 10 list. And those are, those are the top 10 initiatives that the pre-salesmen, the delivery drivers, et cetera, that they all focus on by brand. And mm. so for a period of time after between 2013 and 2020, we would get on that, that list. But you have to remember a brand that does less than 200 million in sales, just it's very hard to get a company that's doing $50 billion to pay attention to you. And mm-hmm. that was the major struggle. So, makes uh, sense. yeah, it totally does. What, what else did you learn? I mean, 
you know, I've had so many beverage conversations. I've learned so much from you in the beverage business, especially, you know, CPG in general. But one of the big things is you talk about a lot is functional benefit and really understanding what the functional benefit of a product is. And in the beverage world, you know, for you marketers out there, customers, we don't even call them customers, we call them users of the product, which is, which is sort of interesting and different from a lot of other uh, CPG industries that I've been involved in. Can you talk to us a little bit about maybe the recipe for success with beverage products and, and maybe even dive in a little bit to this kind of this functional benefit and how you can help understand what that is and how it's differentiated? I've learned so much from you. I don't know if you can rip on that a little bit. Uh, sure. And, and see, I'll try to do it very concisely. If you or any of your listeners have ever followed me, uh, you, I, there's plenty of um, YouTube and Google uh, search material that's out there on speeches that I've given over the years because I used to speak at about 20 events around the globe. And one of the things that I spoke about a lot was a couple of, they're just kind of quips, if you will, that stick in my mind and I share them with every entrepreneur. One of them is around inch wide, mile deep, and that refers to the building process of small companies. I find with many entrepreneurs, they get started with a singular focus, but very quickly they end up moving to multi-focused uh, platforms, which is probably one of the biggest mistakes that entrepreneurs can make. They get tired of that initial focus and they think six months or eight months is enough of, of energy against a single task. And I keep banging away at uh, telling them that it's much better to be very deep, both in a marketplace as well as with a product and do it in a narrow focus as an example. If you're gonna launch in Los Angeles, then stay in Los Angeles until you get a very strong position of all commodity volume numbers. So like you've got 60, 70, 80% market penetration before you start moving to Austin, Texas or New York City, because those are killers. When you move away from your your uh, original place of, of launch, you've got to put people on the street. It costs money for the from the marketing side, I couldn't agree with you more. I see the same mistake with a lot of startups. Uh, in fact, I was in a startup recently in an emerging market I was really excited about. And then they're like, all of a sudden in like 10 things. And they're like, why can't <laughs> yeah. why can you raise any money? I'm like, you can't. you can't. And that's the major problem. So they just forget the focus. So focus and finish is another quip that I use constantly. I actually learned it from my sister many years ago, and I've applied it in my own practice. And it rings true to most entrepreneurs. When you bang them on the head and say, focus, 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 they all of a sudden get what you're talking about. And if they're, if they're big enough to afford to put a board of directors or a, a board of advisors around them so that they're really getting good advice from people, you will find that that's something that is iterated by most smart people that have been to the dance. And I built my whole career around being in the marketplace. So I spent countless days, weeks, months, years in supermarkets. And I've been involved with so many of the new coming out retailers that, that became functional in their sales development. And so let me, let me touch on the functional beverage space for a second. I was one of the first players many years ago when I left a family business associated with the soft drink industry to kind of get into entrepreneurship. And I didn't really realize that at the time when I left. But what I found out is producing carbonated soft drinks with uh, sugar and flavor and sometimes artificial color is really a nutritionally void experience. And I just found at 32 years old, I wasn't going to live that life for the next 20 years and retire out of that business. So what I found was way before we called these things functional beverage, they used to be called new age beverages back in the 80s. 
was experimenting with new and interesting ingredients that could get the same sensation and the same taste and olfactory sensations without the garbage. So we got we started moving away from artificial colors and we started moving away from full blown either HFCS, you know, high fructose corn sweetener, sugars, or regular glucose, sucrose, sugar things looking for substitutes. And you probably remember how the diet craze in most big companies really took off. And and in the case of Diet Pepsi and Diet Coke, they became almost equal in sales to the to big red and big blue. So the diet craze still is a huge piece of Americana, and uh, consumers are still very excited about looking for non-sweetener-enhanced products that can work against the uh, exploding Uh, exploding. diabetes uh, orientation in the marketplace, which is affecting so many millions of people in America. So functional benefit really is, if you think of coffee as an example, Scotty, and I know you like coffee the same as I do, I can't get my day started without a couple of cups of black coffee. Well, that's a functional beverage, and it has been forever. So you drink a couple of cups, you have an expectation of firing the brain cells and getting the additional benefits from coffee that we know you get now, and then take that to the next level. You know, that's how energy drinks were created, that they brought different types of function and uh, brain enhancement, alertness and adrenaline rushing and those kinds of things. And then we found over the years, one by one, new ingredients were starting to come to the market. And through an organization called Supply Side West, which holds an annual convention in Las Vegas, which is actually coming up November 1st through the 4th this year, and about 20,000 exhibitors and and, uh, uh, patrons end up at that show at the Mandalay Bay. It's an amazing uh, concoction of ingredient purveyors from all over the globe that are selling the most sophisticated pharmaceutical, dietary supplement, and even botanical ingredients to uh, kind of on a business-to-business basis, which eventually will get into foods and beverages. And I got very involved in that organization about 20 years ago, which is how I started learning a lot about the installation of putting things like ashwagandha and maca and these crazy ingredients that most people have never heard of, but they've been at the staple and forefront of Ayurvedic medicine in India for years. And now you're seeing them in food and beverage products all over the U.S. and outside the U.S. And you've been so up to date on the stuff. I can remember, you know, early on, you and I working together, it was about, we were looking at focus and energy and, and we were looking at healthy energy and focus. And then you, yep. And then you've started from caffeine, obviously, as being, you know, the functional benefit. And then you put lifestyle around it, which, you know, Coke is Pepsi done very well with. But I think you're right. The future is in these new supplements that enhance some sort of performance at some level and finding what the newest craze is. I remember you, you talking about kava before. Now you're seeing kava. Uh, yes. You know, THC is obviously big now in CBD and you know, what is going to be that next functional benefit? And then how do you, as an entrepreneur or a new brand, start small, own a market, own the function, put some lifestyle around it, grow sales, and then think about who your distribution partner is going to be? Because ultimately, I think a lot of people miss out, whether they're a content creator or whether they're a brand, the biggest missing piece in a lot of times is distribution. I, I loved your Amazon agency, which we've done a lot of work with. Uh, yes. And- and uh, understanding Amazon as being a major, obviously, distribution point. So we're going crazy. We're talking about crazy. I want to pause a little bit and tease our next episode where we're going to really dive into more strategy, 
how to be successful in the CPG business, maybe some other healthy trends and products coming up. I think we're also going to talk about one of your products that you've been successful with in another campaign. And Okay, that wraps up this episode of the Rebrand Podcast. Big thanks to Jim Tonkin, founder of Healthy Brand Builders, for joining us. The guy just has so many stories, but I'm going to tease a few things. Number one, I'm going to tease this next episode where we're going to talk about Fiji water and Jim's involvement in Fiji and how they were successful. I've, I've heard some of the stories. I can't wait till you guys hear some of those stories. Okay, if you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Jim, you can find him on his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can contact him on Twitter where his handle is is twitter.com healthy brand builders or visit the company website at healthybrandbuilders.com and jim's always been great with connecting with people he's a super connector so definitely reach out to him he's uh, that's how i met him and, and still friends a decade later just one link in our show notes i want to tell you about if you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to the podcast head over to the rebrandpod.com where we'll have summaries of all the episodes and contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our newsletter, or if you just want to talk about your most impactful marketing campaign, you can apply to be on the show and be a guest speaker on the Rebrand Podcast. Of course, you can always reach us on social media. Our handle is at rebrandpod on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. Don't think we're on Snap, but pretty much everything else. My handle on Twitter is at SharkyAZ. If you haven't subscribed yet and want daily stream of marketing campaign brilliance in your podcast feed, We'll publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be right back in your feed the next business day. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, it's never too late to rebuild, reboot, or rebrand.